Thanks, Kaylee. I'm just going to have her follow me around everywhere. Um, hi, friends. It's good to be with you here today. Um, if you guys were wondering if the Spirit is alive and well amongst us, the fact that I am standing here to tell you my faith journey is truly the finessing of the Spirit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when Melanie asked me if I would speak, I like internally was like, absolutely not. Um, and what came out of my mouth was, thank you for the opportunity, I would love to pray over that. Um, so truly, I'm thankful that I said yes and I get to be with you here. Um, Brene Brown has a quote that says, um, being vulnerable is inherently a courageous act. So I'm here before you to be courageous and I hope that you will hold my story well and that it will inspire you to see God more clearly and to see each other more clearly. Um, something that I want you to know about me before I get into my story is that um, I am deeply, deeply passionate about community, and I am deeply passionate about people. Um, this is why I'm an RD. I get to build community and walk alongside you guys and students in um, their own stories. I've been able to travel a lot, and it was on the mission field, and my favorite part of entering a new country is learning the culture and the people, and that passion was birthed out of here. Um, my four years here in college, um, and being surrounded by community. So, let's start. Um, I came to Point Loma in 2009 as a freshman, and I moved into Nice, Fourth North. Is anyone here from Fourth North? Yeah? Oh my gosh. Sweet. Represent. Um, there's something magical about that hall. I know I'm biased, but we called it Nice. We called ourselves FOMO for Fourth North. It was before FOMO was a thing. I'm pretty sure we're trendsetters, but it's okay. Um, and so I had a hall full of just amazing freshman women. We were always down for adventures. We were always down to explore. Um, this was in a world pre Uber and Lyft, and so we were always like networking our way to like find a car to get off campus with upperclassmen. Who allows freshmen to take their car? I don't know, but it happened all the time. And so we were always adventuring, we were always laughing, um, and not sleeping a lot. Um, and in my mind, this was like the perfect, like, I'm in college, I've made it, like the perfect like setup. Um, unfortunately, that was the only part of my life that I wanted people to see. Um, and I was carrying a very different side and different part of me that I was deeply, deeply trying to hide and deeply trying to just keep contained over in my little, like, Marsha corner. I wanted people to see the adventurous, carefree Marsha that looked bold and brave, and yet the truth is that I came into college with a very um, intense eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And for a lot of different reasons, um, it was a part of my life, and it wasn't, it wasn't something that I could control anymore. Um, and in the past when I've shared my story with people, I use the word like, enslaved and shackled, um, and I truly, I truly felt that way. I truly felt like I had no control over this part of my life, um, and it was controlling me. 
And it was in every facet and every part of my life, right? Like, um, body image is deeply ingrained in our culture, the way that we elevate certain body types over others, um, the way that we talk about our bodies and food um, and relationship with that. And so it was just bleeding into my life. So throughout my freshman year, as I'm trying to hold these two people and trying to lie to everyone and say that I'm like this very confident, carefree person, I was like very much miserable um, and ashamed of this other side of myself. Um, And my beautiful friends on Nice Fourth North, they loved me well, and they saw the incongruencies that were starting to bleed out. Um, And so they they chose to confront me about it in very kind um, ways. And they would step into conversations asking me about these red flags that they saw. this particular behavior. I didn't know how to give myself grace on any level. I had a lot of anxiety about control and food and body image. Um, And so they asked me about it. Um, So I had two choices. I could either lie to them and say like, there's nothing wrong, I'm great, I'm thriving. Um, knowing that like, that would probably change our friendship and our relationship, knowing that they probably knew that I was lying, obviously, they're asking me. Or I could um, share them my shame story and step into that space. That was um, something that I, I did not want to do, um, but I felt like I had to, and so I did. I shared um, the fact that I was wrestling with this part of myself. um, And my beautiful community um, met me with grace and empathy. They held that story well. They held that space well in a time where I did not feel like I was worthy of that space. I did not feel like I was worthy of their time, of their grace, and of their love. So while that was happening, community, stepping into deep waters, being loved well. Over here, I um, did not feel like I was being held by God well. Um, I think because of the lack of grace and forgiveness that I had for myself, I, if I could not see that in myself, how could God see that in myself? Like, if I could not give myself empathy and love and forgiveness, then how could a God seeing way more than I could see, knowing my heart, um, how could he give that to me too? And I fully believed that. I fully sat in that. And so I felt ashamed and I hid. Um, And I grew up, this is like contrary to what I grew up in, I grew up believing that God was faithful and loving and gracious. And yet when I sat in my shame, for some reason I was blinded to that reality. Um, And so for the next three years, I think my relationship became even more confusing and complicated. I didn't know how to reconcile the weight of what I was carrying within the context of the love of God that everyone was talking about around me. And I would often pray for healing and hope and small pieces of connection, and I felt like I was receiving nothing. 
And as someone, again, who's moved by really deep connections with people, this was very hurtful to me. I felt like the child of God that was just like forgotten, unpursued, alone. I felt very alone in my story when it came to God. Um, And I wrestled with the question, how can humans around me love me better than God? It seemed that everyone around me was thriving and growing spiritually, and I didn't, I didn't know how to connect with that. I didn't know how to resonate with that. Um, and so I just kind of went on my own path and did my own thing. Eventually, I started pursuing um, more, formal form, more formal forms of healing, so um, spurts of counseling, spurts of nutrition counseling, Um, I was held well by my RDs, by Kaylee and Molly. Um, I was held well by other faculty and staff here and by my community that encouraged me to really step into hard steps of healing and restoration. Um, And so my junior year came. So this is like two, two and a half years later. My junior year came and I um, had been friends with um, a person from freshman year, so two years down the road, and his relationship with God was something that I almost, I had really never seen before. It was very charismatic. He talked about God like they were buddies, like they would have coffee in the morning, and I was like, what is this? Um, But yet, when I was in the presence of my friend, I felt very seen and loved and known, and so I had no reason to doubt that what he was talking about was very true. And so I was in Prescott Chapel, and um, this friend spoke very direct and very clear words to me that only God could have known. These were words that I had prayed over and written in my journal, and I had no choice but to believe that they were literally the breath of God coming out of him to me. And that conversation stopped me in my tracks because I, for the first time, felt truly seen and pursued by God on an intentional level. And I wish that I could say that I walked out of Prescott that day and I was like fully healed and I was like, God is great. And I was um, just fully confident in who I was as a daughter of God and as a person, but that's just not the case. Um, Healing takes time. Healing takes really hard work, and healing takes moments of fighting for yourself. And so I had a very limited definition of healing. Um, And so within this process of getting that glimpse of hope, using it to fuel this journey of healing and counseling and in reading books and saying hard yeses and saying hard noes, I learned how to fight for myself with God, and I learned that what I'm capable of is more depth and wholeness than I could have ever imagined. I learned how to celebrate the small victories, the victory of enjoying a workout because I actually like running and I don't need to punish my body, the victory of seeing a picture of myself that I might not love, but it didn't send me into a spiral for a day or a week, the victory of being able to completely lose track of time with friends while I'm at dinner because I love being with people and the presence of food didn't bring anxiety and judgment and restriction and fear. 
the victory of not being defined by the number on the scale when I woke up in the morning, or not even having to step on the scale. And through this journey of fighting for myself and seeing glimpses of freedom, I also started to see a bigger definition of healing and what I thought about the character of God. Looking back now, I see that God was in the midst. When I didn't see him, he was fully in the midst. In those conversations that my friends were asking me to share my story and then meeting me with empathy and holding my story well and encouraging me to walk into healing, like God was so in the midst of that. That is 100% his character. That is 100% of how he advocates for us. A part of it is through community. And a part of my healing story is that I needed to heal all of me, not just my relationship with my body and my relationship with food, but my relationship with God, my relationship with my emotions and counseling. I'm a four. Any fours out there? We are our feelings, truly. And so I needed to like learn how to delineate that. I needed restoration in all of me. Um, I think I said it earlier. Brene Brown says that when shame is met with empathy, it cannot survive. And I believe that healing is a very communal thing. The Trinity, God, Jesus, and the Spirit, they're communal, right? And so when we enter into conversations with each other and in that communal space, when we hold each other's shame stories and we hold them well, that is communal and there's a divine in the midst of that. And so I have a word for you guys. I know that there are people in this room that are struggling with um, similar things that I did in college. You might be pursuing um, counseling. You might not be. You might be hiding that side of your life. You might not be. I want you to know that there is room for you on this campus and there is space for conversations and for us to hold this well. And I want you to know that this conversation is really complicated. Eating disorders and body dysmorphia, like they're, they're a cause of a myriad of different things and it's really complicated to talk about, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't. I think that there's a lot of stereotypes and misrepresentation about who eating disorders affect, not just one gender, not a specific race or ethnicity, not a specific age group, and the biggest of all, not a specific body type. There's a lot of people walking around carrying this burden alone. Community is here for you and healing is present and in the midst. And I hope that you know that and you reach out. For those of you that are not struggling with this, I also have a word of encouragement for you. <laughs> because you are involved in this communal and this divine as well right? Like, we need your health, we need your words, your influence, your power to hold these stories well, to speak truth in our lives, to be a part of the communal and the divine. I want you guys to, or I don't want you guys to hear that just because my relationship with my body um, and my spiritual relationship were healing at the same time, that that is everyone's story. That is not everyone's story, and that is okay. I think we all have different relationships with God and both and different relationships with our, our body. I just wanted to say that because I think 
I don't want this to sound over-spiritualized, but I also want you to know that like God is very much in the midst. My hope for you this morning is that you would see God's character in my story and that you would start to see glimpses of God's character in your story as well. My hope for you is that we will be more comfortable navigating these conversations and entering into these spaces on campus because this is something that is inherently a part of our culture, both in and out of the church. Um, We have people on campus that want to know your story, that want to hold it well, both campus pastors, um, therapists, people who are in nutrition counseling. So my question for you is what would it look like for those who are struggling, what would it look like for you to reach out and to share your story to a trusted friend? And for those of you who are not struggling, what would it look like for you to hold that space well for someone and to maybe enter into a really hard conversation knowing that you could be loving them really well? Thank you for listening to my faith journey. Um, Thank you for holding this space well for me and continuing to just be Loma. Um, Melanie Wolf is going to come up and pray us out. Yes, Marcia, that is deep, deep thanks um, for sharing with us. And um, one of the things I'm really aware of is that Marcia talked about a really specific aspect of her journey and her healing. And um, again, she named that as shared by some in this room. What I also know to be true is that each of us has some aspect of healing um, that maybe we are longing for and has yet to be experienced and actualized. And I love this invitation and commitment to lean into that together, Um, whether that is reaching out and asking for help, telling the truth about what is happening in your life, or being someone who holds that space for someone else. And what I really believe is that it's usually both, right? There's usually some aspect of reaching out and saying, hey, I need help in this. I need to tell the truth about something. And then there's also someone else who you need to be holding that truth for. And so that is the invitation that we would do that. And um, because it's Wednesday and we always want to carve out a little bit of extra time and space for prayer and reflection, um, we have that today. And I'm going to pray for us in a moment. I'll ask that you stay until I finish. And then as you go, um, would you maybe consider what it would look like for you to enter into that communal healing here in this space today that Marcia has challenged us with? Maybe that is coming forward and spending some time in prayer. Maybe that is reaching out to someone even before you leave Brown. But whatever it is, would you take seriously that invitation to be part of the communal healing work that um, God so deeply desires and invites us into. Would you pray with me? God, we give you great thanks for the courage and bravery of Marcia. Um, I thank you for the ways you have moved in her life, that you have used her to inspire and encourage and challenge and share your love and the stories of healing. Would you empower each of us to do the same? Would you help us to take the brave steps to ask for help? Um, I believe that you are a God that desires our healing and our flourishing. And so would you give us the courage to step into that 
in whatever ways that takes, whether that is a walk to the wellness center to set an appointment right now, whether that is a phone call to someone that we need to invite into um, an aspect of our story. And God, we thank you that you desire healing for us. Um, You began that work and you continued that work. Would you help us to see and be aware of that? I pray all of these things in your name and your spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.